Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Jen. From 1994 to 1996, Jen lived in the middle of nowhere, Montana. But not by choice. She was sent to a therapeutic boarding school. I had some issues. While there, she performed hard labor. There was also a lot of forced exercise. Went through daily, hours-long group therapy. That shit didn't work. And when she left, she was left with some holes in her life. Holes. One of the holes was her pop culture hole. Yeah, I missed a lot of shit. Put in your eyebrow ring. It's time for... I never saw that. Hey, Jen. Hi. Why can't Jordan read? Oh, well, I don't fucking know. Oh, but we're going to find out, aren't we? No, we never do. No, the, we don't really. See, that's really. the thing. It's that mm. the episode... We're we're on episode seven. Of my so-called life. We're, we're back from our brief hacker's break. <laughs> we are talking about episodes seven and eight. But we're starting with seven, which is titled, Why Jordan Can't Read. So you would think with a great title like that, such a good title. Really good title. And then there was no Why Jordan Can't Read. There was a speculation. We're going to have to back up a little bit. Do you want to, I'm going to read a quick recap. Yes. Episode seven of My So-Called Life premiered on October 6th, 1994. Angela and Jordan get close when she learns of his reading problem, which she discovers because he was unable to read a note he found that she wrote about him. She speculates that he might be dyslexic, although he doubts it. After being invited to his band's practice session, she grows even closer to him when she hears his new song, Red, which she and Ricky believe is about her, but which is actually about his car. Oh, they gave it away in the synopsis. he's a douche. Patty and Graham cope with a possible pregnancy. Graham becomes fond of the idea of having a son, and when Patty tells him that she is not pregnant, she realizes he is disappointed. Graham resorts to playing catch with Brian Krakow. Ew. Poor Graham. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, so that was the episode, Frozen Embryos. This was our first view. Frozen Embryos is back. Frozen Embryos. Frozen Embryos. Never was. Never was and still still isn't because you know why? (laughs) Fucking Tino, man. That's exactly the note I took. Tino never showed up. Fucking Tino. God. That guy never shows up. Tino called mm-hmm. and said, I got the loft, man. He told, you know who he told? Jordan? No. Uh, Ryan? No. Ricky? No. Brian Krakow? No. Your brother's Keep guessing. Mom. Not my brother. His... Jared Leto's brother, Shannon Leto. Oh, that's what you were so excited what to I reveal. What I realized is Frozen Embryos is really just 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, yeah. In 1994, that guy, that the drummer who's always carrying around drumsticks and pulling Jordan away mm-hmm. from everything, that his is brother? his real brother, Shannon. You were really excited to reveal that. I was. I thought that was going to be... You thought it was going to be better than this. More exciting. Wah, wah. This. this is <laughs> disappointing But already. I also have not heard Third Rock from the Mars or whatever they're called. I haven't heard them either, so... but it sounds good. They toured with <laughs> what Animal they Bag, called? I heard. Third Rock. 30 seconds to Mars <laughs> makes way more sense than what you, whatever you said. I knew it started with thir, though. You did. You got that. I got it. You got thir. Yeah, so that's his real brother, the guy that keeps fucking everything up. We'll talk about that more in episode eight, too. Okay. Did you want to keep talking about frozen embryos? Oh, God. I could talk about frozen embryos for I mean, We so don't even much. get to see them play. It's so stupid. We all, yeah. But you, that, get to see, that... you get to see Jordan play a country song for some reason yeah. about his car. It comes later. 
Yeah. And we get to see Graham flossing again, which is nice because, you know, he has really good dental hygiene. Why let do they me keep tell you, that guy flossing? let me tell you how I feel about Graham. Just you're really turning around on MRJ. Everything that relates to Graham yeah. makes me want to hurt Graham. Mm. Flossing is number one Graham's on that list. Favorite. Well, he's just a dick. The first time you see him in this episode that I remember anyway is when they're in the bathroom. Patty's like, am I fat? Am I getting fat? And she weighs herself and she's like, I've gained seven pounds or some bullshit. And he's just a dick about it. He's like, well, oh, and then she said, what if I'm not just tired? What if this is just what I look like now? Do you remember what he said? He said something like, don't make me respond to that or don't make me answer that, didn't he? Nope. No, he said, really. then I want a divorce. Oh, yeah, I, I remember you know, that. He's trying to be funny, but he's just such a dick. Yeah, he's he's just a goofy, he's fun-loving a dude, guy. is what he is, and I am not into it. So, yeah, Patty thinks she's pregnant. She's 40. This is also the first time, I think, on the show that they've explicitly stated their ages, which I think is interesting because we were the age of Angela's character when the show came out. And now we're the age of Angela's parents, which we've talked about a little bit. We're, well, I mean, not quite. But we're, we're basically I'm exactly the same. I'm turning 40 in two months from today. Literally, actually. basically, exactly the same. Literally, basically, exactly. Yes, I roughly. That, I think, you know, I think that all cancels itself out. Yeah, you're right. So it's just like saying absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So my first thought when Patty thought she might be pregnant was, oh, no, they're going to have another little girl that they can ignore, like Danielle. Yeah. That's sad. Oh, do you want to know the part of this episode that pissed me off the most? Yeah, of course I do. I mean, it happens toward the end. That's why I ask. But it's on this topic. It's Graham really wants a son, we discover in this episode. And it turns out that he's he always has wanted a son. Because at one point, Patty's like, I thought you were past that. Mm -hmm. And actually, she's not being she's being very supportive of him. But you have two kids. You have two daughters. And they're fucking cool kids so how about you fuck off and yeah, like at the Jen, end you saw what happens right he has to play catch with brian Krakow. no before that it's Ugh. actually amazing that that's the that that was in the episode recap because before that he's playing catch with danielle he has a daughter danielle who would fucking love to play catch with him yeah but who can remember she even exists well yeah i mean i mean come on danielle clearly don't no one don't use danielle as an argument for anything anymore because nobody's gonna know what you're talking about that poor kid yeah i just that pissed me off that he it's like first of all he has to settle for brian yeah. oh poor graham but even worse can you even imagine he would have to play catch with his daughter ew yeah, what they, if she's a lesbian? It wasn't really subtle either. They, When she thought she might be pregnant and Graham thought she might be pregnant, there's a scene where he's just like leathering his... Leathering? That's not a word. He's leathering. just cleaning up his baseball mitt that he pulled out for no reason. He's just cleaning it right up. And they're talking about being possibly being pregnant and what they're going to do and starting all over with this. And then Brian's just in their house. And he's like, oh, it was open. Sorry. There's also the weird subplot with Danielle has a crush on Brian. Oh, yeah. And wants... That was interesting. Wants him to give her sax lessons. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah Danielle really actually had like a little, tiny little plot yeah, of her own. Yeah, she did. So let's get into a little exposition, a little 
synopsis of our own. The beginning of the episode kind of starts, the like main plot is started because they go on a field trip to the museum. And what I remember from this is that the most important thing is to keep the group together for some reason. Because there's a <laughs> weird teacher that was introduced in this episode and is also in episode eight, and she sucks. Mm-hmm. And she just keeps running, literally running around the museum to different groups of high school students and yelling at them that it's important to keep the group together. Which is ludicrous and also yeah. uh, unsuccessful because what you what I remember about the museum scene is that there was lots of making out. Oh, yeah. Mostly and, Kyle and Sharon. And Brian, poor horny Brian, just watching, watching them. them make out. Lots and of people Ricky, watching too. Them. Ricky yeah. was watching... Not them. I thought Rich, Ricky was watching somebody else make out. Oh, I thought it was, was all it just, just Kyle them? and Sharon. Oh, fucking Kyle. Oh, God, that guy's the worst. But the big thing that happens is Angela has written everything down, all the feelings she's ever had about Jordan Catalano. She writes it all down, and she said it was kind of good. It makes her feel like she's proud of it. She feels like she's kind of over him, finally. And... Rayanne takes it, asks if she can read it, and then Rayanne loses it and just leaves it on top of a display case because she goes to have sex with a security guard, uh, apparently. I don't think so. I don't think she had sex with them. I think it was weird. Well, I don't know. Actually. It was kind of implied, was, and then people thought it, that after. It was implied that they were going to. And then, yeah. but then it looked like they were just standing by a painting and it didn't seem like any time had passed. So I was confused, but yeah, maybe time had passed. But that's but yeah, how museums just, work. She left this piece of writing sitting on top of a display and it was the most stressful thing that's ever happened to me watching that happen <laughs> you and angela I wrote in all caps this is just what i wrote oh god oh no oh god ran <laughs> don't leave the letter there holy shit all caps no punctuation you were really feeling that oh god the level of embarrassment that would occur if anyone else would have picked up that is it a letter a note i don't know what to call I think it's it just a list of all the feelings that she ever had for if anyone else would have picked yeah. it up it would have gone viral and back then High viral, viral means you make copies of it and you paste it all over the mm. school but what we find out happened is jordan found it and yeah. he gives it back to her at school the next day and says oh yeah i found something you wrote this right and she, her explanation is great because oh, she God, assumes, so obviously, funny. that she that he read it. But when I, I wrote this, I wrote this about someone else. Um, I this guy. I, I had a boyfriend last summer, and um, I I I wrote everything. I wanted to remember him, and I I used your name because I I wanted. I didn't want other people to know it was about him because he, he died. He's dead. Oh, it was so, it was so good. funny. So good. It was the best embarrassing rambling. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but then. He's dead. Jordan doesn't really react to what it was, what was written in there. And she gets really mad. Um, and then she realizes, oh, you can't read. And it comes out. And he's never told anyone that before. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that for a minute. Jordan Catalano claims that he has never told anyone before that he cannot read, mm-hmm. which is fucking ludicrous. Again, I've used that word twice now. He is a senior in high school. 
No, well, he should be, but he's a sophomore because he's been held back twice. And yet no one knows. He's still a sophomore, really? Well, he went on the sophomore field trip and okay. well, anyway, he's in all their classes. It's impossible that no one knows that by now. Well, but he's never told anyone is what he said. I know, but he's it not, seemed we've like... We've covered this before. He's He's a bit... No, I'm saying it seemed like no one knows. And it still seems like he doesn't get any help or support at school. Like, they're not dealing with the problem. But every teacher he's ever had knows that he can't fucking read. Yeah. And you know that lots of people also would know. He's a sophomore in high school who's been held back three times. Like Twice. God, fuck off. (laughs) So this big revelation is interrupted by Shannon Leto, the drummer for Frozen Embryos. He busts into the room and he's like, Catalano. Tino said he got the loft, so uh, rehearsal's on. And then they say, we should tell the other embryos. I wrote down oh, that God. quote because I just I love any time they refer to the Can embryos. Can I just real quickly say that I found some frozen embryos patches mm. the other night that were made as hint hint as a uh, as like memorabilia for this show. So. That is a hint because we're going to start some giveaways and just stuff. Just I'm just saying that there could be a frozen embryos patch in your future. If you play your cards right. If you exactly play your cards. That's pretty exciting. It is pretty exciting. I was very, very excited. We ordered 1,000 of them. <laughs> So we hope you guys we are interested right. in them too. We have too. 10 listeners <laughs> and you will each want 100, you know. The other thing that happens in this episode is we find out that Ricky also has a crush on Jordan Catalano because he keeps giving Angela advice on where to meet yeah. Jordan. Um, but they have a sweet little thing where Ricky, Angela finally catches on. And she looks at him and she's like, oh, Ricky. And he said, you don't say it. You don't have to say it. Yeah. And he wants someone to love too. I know. Poor Ricky. So then we go see Frozen Embryos practice that doesn't actually happen. And Jordan plays this song that he's been humming. He was humming it at the museum. She's all I need that's what I said. She and Ricky both just start glowing, and they're so excited. But then Ricky finds out later in a really unpredictable scene. They set a date, Jordan and oh yeah, that scene was and Angela. And Angela, he stands her up. He doesn't come to meet her parents so that he can take her out later. And Angela's really pissed. So they're in the school, standing next to Ricky's locker, and they see Jordan coming. And Angela walks away because she doesn't want to talk to him. And so he comes up and starts talking to Ricky and Ricky <laughs> says, yeah, well, you know, she's mad at you because she thought you were going out and that song was really great. And, you know, it's obvious what it's about. And Jordan says, yeah, my car. <laughs> exactly like that. Yeah. My car. <laughs> Fuck this guy. I mean, oh. I, I hated all of that. I hated everything about that. I hated the song and I hated that it sounded like it was about her or about just any girl or woman that has red hair because he's singing about her and she, you know, like mm-hmm. douchebags do when they 
talk or sing about their cars. Well, cars are female. Everybody no, knows fuck that. Fuck off. And um, ships are female. Cars do not have a gender, nor do ships. Hmm. And if they did, if cars had gender, they wouldn't all be one gender. You jackass. Yeah, they are. They're weird. They're like those flies that can reproduce. You know, one gender flies. That's what they're called in science. Also, cars reproduce. We'll be talking about that later, I think. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I hated all of that. that yeah. Was so dumb. And we haven't even talked about the kiss yet. Angela and Jordan there kissed. There was a real in kiss. The car. A real kiss. An actual kiss that like they were a legit both kiss. into. Mm-hmm. It was pretty great. And it was actually very sweet because he he apologized after the kiss. And she was like, for what? And he said, well, I interrupted you. Because they'd been talking about how he can't read and stuff. Yeah. So as they're like leaning in closer to each other to get their faces all up on each other's faces, he goes, you know, those guys up in the mountains. <laughs> and Angela's face is exactly He's the like, face you're making right now at home. I'm like, what now? And he goes, <laughs> the ones that make snow. And they're just leaning over together, and she's like, "Yeah, I w- I'd like to do that." And then they start making out. Yeah, it was really weird. I guess that's how people talk to each other right before they kiss. I don't know. I haven't had a first kiss in a while, so Sharon had a good moment in this episode with fucking Kyle. Oh, did she? Uh, yeah. So Sharon, Kyle brought up something about Rayanne. Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was. They were making out in the hall, and Rand was watching them. And so Kyle made some comment. Oh, and she said something. I think she made a comment, too. But anyway, yeah, he said something and basically insinuating that she's a slut. And Sharon was like... Well, she said there's a lot of reasons to hate her. Well, right, because he says, what, you hate her? And she's like, there are a lot of other reasons to hate her. Let's not drag her sex life into it. And I was like, boom, Sharon. (laughs) Second time she's not slut-shamed someone. But fucking Kyle. Oh, God. Yeah. That guy's the worst. And he gets worse and worse. When did the bicycle thief come up? They were talking about the bicycle thief. Oh, oh. they were going to go see the movie, The Bicycle Thief. Isn't Angela that... was going to take Jordan to see Isn't that like the a French thief. movie? It's Italian. Yeah. Italian. And Brian She's going to gets... take Jordan Catalano to an Italian movie. Oh, he's Italian. He'd have to read subtitles. Oh. Yeah, but she doesn't know yet at that point, does she? Yes, she does, because it's when she finds out that she wants to start hanging out with him. That's what like oh, draw, yeah. draws her to him, that she finds out he can't read. Maybe they were talking about the re-release, like the 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 re-release in 1993, the American version of The Bicycle Thief. Oh, yeah? Starring um, Tom Berenger and hmm. Sissy mm-hmm. Spacek. Yeah, that oh, one. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. It was Steven Spielberg. It oh. was his, yeah, uh-huh. it was... 93, you say? Yep, yep. 93. It's one of Spielberg's lesser-known films, the remake of The Bicycle Thief. I think it's one of Spielberg's unknown and Mm -hmm. unmade films. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll review that later, because Jen didn't see that either, obviously. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Anyway, Brian got really pissed, because he was like, I told you about that movie. Yeah. And he makes some comment. You think Jordan Catalone's going to understand one word of that movie? And I'm like... But then he Preach, says, Brian. you didn't understand that w- movie until I told you about it, which is probably true. Patty said, when you live with three women, it would be it would make any man desperate. Uh, 
Do you remember that? Yes. She's saying it in response to they walk out on the porch and Angela says, why is dad playing catch with Brian Krakow? Yeah. And that's Patty's response. Mm -hmm. Fucking bullshit. All right. Some quick current events from this week. I have one from October 3rd, 1994, which is three days before that episode we just talked about came out. Mm Mm-hmm. Gary Larson retired from doing The Far oh, Side. yeah. He announced he was retiring. I wrote Which that I, down, too. I had to take a moment with that one. Yeah. That's, that was a real sad moment. It was sad. That I wasn't there for. The thing that I found that happened around this time in October of 1994, uh-huh. and I'm not sure exactly when, nobody's sure exactly when it happened, um, but I think I'm going to take a little liberty with this and say it's okay because um, there was actually a break of a week between episode seven and episode eight. So episode seven came out on the 6th of October Mm -hmm. and episode eight came out on the 20th. So it kind of spans the whole month. In October of 1994, three student filmmakers, Heather Donahue, Michael C. Williams, and Joshua Leonard went hiking in the Black Hills near Burkittsville, Maryland to make a documentary (gasps) about the Blair Witch. Oh, no way. Yeah. Wait, Oh, they just started making it mm-hmm. then. Okay, okay. Because I saw that in the theater like later. Right. It came out in 99 once, oh, the, okay. once all the tapes were found. It's true. It's a true true uh-huh. story documentary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. So it happened while you were in Montana. Isn't that weird? So weird. Never put that together, did you? No. Yeah, it was kind of a slow slow couple of weeks there in October 1994. <laughs> yeah, that's all we got. <laughs> <laughs> Except for a whole bunch of just like depressing international shit. Yeah. Like news and stuff. Ugh, plane crashes and people did Ugh. stuff. Nobel Peace Prizes. Yeah. Some guy you've never heard of won a Nobel yeah. Peace Prize. Way to go, dude. So, My So-Called Life, Episode 8. Uh, by the way, Rand's drinking is out of control. And that I know that because of Episode 7 because she took a swig out of a flask. Yes. On the field trip, I think. And I forgot to say that. And so, I just always, want to put that out there. She's always kind of acting drunk. And she's yeah, there the are flask several scenes where it's been actually really subtle. I thought they did a really good job of it where it's not, you don't see her like downing a fifth of JD in the bathroom. Right. She just is sort of not standing up very well and kind of slurring yeah. her words. But she's had the flask in other scenes several other times. It's kind of a slow burn. I feel like they're building. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Episode eight. Strangers in the house. After her father has a heart attack, Sharon moves in for a short while with the chases. Angela wants to get closer to Sharon, but doesn't know how. Rayanne, however, does get closer to Sharon, helping to drive her to the hospital. Sharon's father is approximately the same age as Graham, and the experience leads Graham to think about his future and how unsatisfied he is with his job. Despite his landing a big account, Patty fires her husband in order to free (gasps) him to pursue a more fulfilling career. What? You heard me. Yeah, I did. I also just watched it with you, so that was just for the audience out there um i did figure something out at the very beginning of this episode that's been bugging me for a while okay um i graham has to go land this big account for their rosenfeld yeah the rosenfeld account it could change their whole lives basically like they they... say rosenfeld i we we need to develop a drinking game (laughs) yes about the word Rosenfeld in this fucking so episode. So when you watch episode eight, every time they say Rosenfeld, just take a tiny sip because 
They're going to say it a fucking lot. How was Rosenfeld? Oh, my God. Um, so the Rosenfeld account, he's trying to go land this big account. So he puts on a, a tie and a suit coat. Usually he's just got on the shirt that's way too big. I cannot wait to hear but what you figured out. But this time he has on a jacket that's way too big. <laughs> and I realized that the reason this show was canceled was because they were sued. ABC was sued by the, the talking, talking heads. heads. Yes. Oh, I like where, Yes. Um, um, sorry, did I ruin that? Do you want to yeah, say it again? Yeah, no, it's fine. It was just copyright infringement on David Byrne's giant suit. I thought you were suit. saying that. I thought you were saying <laughs> that me saying the talking heads at the same time as you was copyright infringement yes. on you. <laughs> yes, I'm the only one that's allowed to say talking heads now. <laughs> oh, as soon as you started talking about that, I was like, oh, I bet I he's don't understand going to why his clothes are suit. so fucking big. It was the style, man. No, it was never the style. It was the style, that man. Big? I don't know. Maybe on that show once. Um, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. So, yeah, you kind of gave it all away there, but uh, Sharon's dad has a heart attack. and Well, you was <laughs> like the very first thing that happens. Yeah, so they're in class, and the weird teacher from the field trip, she's back. No, no, no. You have to back up. Do I? Yeah. Okay. Because they're actually in the office, Patty and Grammar in the office, where we first hear the name Rosenfeld 17 times, and then yes. and she's like on the phone and trying to get stuff together. They're like really disorganized, but they're trying to land this big account, as Micah said. Uh, it's, and then the phone so, rings. It's Rosenfeld. The Rosenfeld the account. The Rosenfeld account. Get, write that down. This should be a drinking game podcast. Anyways, Every time we say Rosenfeld, Rosenfeld. Then the phone rings again, and Patty answers, and then you just see her face. Her eyes get really staring wide. Staring off into the yeah. distance. And then you see the classroom scene where the stupid, shitty teacher is oh, there. She's and she's so weird. She is teaching, and they're like taking a test or something, and someone comes in with a note to get... Sharon out of class because her dad had a heart attack, but we don't know that yet. As the person walks in with the note, they show Angela and everyone just kind of notices like something's happening. And my first thought was, is it Danielle? Did Danielle die? Which is terrible. Um, Did you actually think that? I thought you were joking about that. I was kind of joke thinking it. And then... Because I was going to make a joke about that. When Sharon gets up to leave, I remembered from seeing the synopsis that Sharon's dad had a heart attack. And so I said out loud to Jen, I said, oh, was it Danielle that died? Oh, oh, um, did Danielle also die in the heart attack? God, this is dark. Sorry, Danielle. Yeah, not really sorry, though, because it's funny. My next note is fucking Kyle. You know why? Because Sharon's dad just had a heart attack and they don't know whether he's going to live or die. And she has called Kyle how many times? Seven times? Oh, she left so many messages, I don't remember. And he's not responding to her? Yeah. He has to go make a circuit in shop class, Jed. Fucking Kyle. So they do, they go to the hospital, they bring Sharon home with them, hence the title, Strangers in the House. Um, Although that's weird because she's not really a stranger, but I get it. Um, But it's like they're strangers. But there's a weird scene. This is hitting Graham really hard because he's basically... (laughs) Roughly, exactly, literally the same age as Andy, Sharon's dad. (laughs) Exactly, literally. And he is really shook by this. He is, and I'm not laughing at that. I'm not laughing at that. 
Um, but he looks in the mirror <laughs> at home and he, I don't know. So you know that he gets fired because we already said that. So he's well, looking for a happens. new career. I'm predicting it's not going to be a doctor because what I think he was doing was trying to see if he had a heart attack through his eyeballs in the mirror. <laughs> that is hilarious because I wrote, Graham, look into my eyes. Are you? Who is me? Who is you? <laughs> what? Going to have a heart attack? <laughs> it was just like, he was like, was he hypnotizing gazing himself? Gazing at himself. And it really was like that. It was like, am I currently having a heart attack? Yeah. Can I tell by the way my forehead looks? <laughs> I don't know. It was the weirdest. It was so. It was strange. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. It was not supposed to be funny, but it was. Yes, the Kyle and Sharon scene comes to a head once again in the band room. <laughs> with Brian. With Brian. Oh, my God. I lost Sharon, my... Kyle, I needed you. And Brian <laughs> just happens to be in the band room because, well, he does play the flute and the sax, Jen. So it's legit. He he spends a lot of time in the band room. No, he was in there first. Yeah, but why are he Sharon was already and Kyle in there. always they walk fighting in, in there? To the band room. I don't know because it's right before band, I think, and she's in band. Yeah, so nobody notices Brian, and he's great. He just like, he, like hides ducks behind a tuba. To... <laughs> I love that scene. It's so like, good. Oh, Brian and... and Sharon and Kyle in oh, the band God. room again. And then Kyle leaves, and by Fuck Kyle, off, Kyle. Fuck. And then Brian tries to stand up really smoothly and sneak out, kind of, and Your knocks over a whole bunch of music stands. Kyle. Yeah. Sorry. We already said goodbye to Kyle. He's gone. I know, gone. but I just Jen, wanted to say the word you? dingus. Okay. He is a dingus. He is a dingus. He's like the definition of dingus. But yes, Brian knocked over a bunch of music stands. Surprises Sharon. And then she, she's like in tears. She's really upset. And she runs to Brian and he like holds her and they hug. And it's very sweet, actually. But but then Rayan and Ricky see them. <laughs> yeah, and and Rayan like, says... <laughs> compare an instruments and then yeah. she and ricky just crack up and oh, keep walking funny band joke but my favorite part of that was when brian was like she's such an idiot you wouldn't believe some of the things that girl has said to me yeah <laughs> kyle's a dingus there's that oh yeah have we covered that yet oh god the band room that was so fucking great Okay, so Rayanne is so jealous that sharon is staying at angela's house mm. but it's not because of Angela. She is jealous about that friendship. She's like really insecure about it. But she's really jealous because of Graham. Oh, because Graham's cooking her. She he, just loves Graham. Just she just like wishes food? that Graham was her dad. Yeah. That's all. She does. Rayanne does come to Sharon in the bathroom and says she hears Sharon crying in the bathroom. And she <clears throat> knocks on the. It's so great. Rayanne. Oh, yeah. Just has no filter. filter or boundaries or anything. She knocks on the stall of the bathroom and she's like, who's in there? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Sharon comes out bawling and she's like, oh, you are playing this wrong. People feel sorry for you. Like, you don't need to be here. You need she's to take, take advantage, advantage of, of it. Get out of here. Don't you want to be somewhere else? So she says, we need to go to the hospital. Tino can drive us. And my first thought was, oh, they're not making it to the fucking hospital. <laughs> yeah, Tino. Tino never shows but up. But they did. They did Tino make it to the hospital. I mean, I mean, we didn't see him. Yeah. Because. But Ran and Sharon and Tino went to the hospital. 
and not Angela. Mm-hmm. Angela was really struggling. The, their whole friendship, it, it was very strained. Their relationship has been strained. Yeah. Uh, this whole time, obviously. But what, Sharon was staying at their house. And so it was bringing up all these memories for Angela, too. Like, they went over to Sharon's house to get some of her stuff. And Angela was just sitting in Sharon's room and having this memory about after Sharon got her tonsils out. Squeeze my hand as hard as it hurts. Why? So I know how much it hurts. Ow. <laughs> so she's feeling like she really wants to connect with Sharon and she really wants to be there for her. But because of all this weird tension, she doesn't know how to do it. And so instead, she ends up just being kind of an asshole. Like, yeah. she just she just kind of avoids Sharon. So anyway, she doesn't go to the hospital for that reason because she just doesn't know what to do with that situation. So everyone's being really nice to Sharon, including Rayanne, like doing True, nice and she's and... also jealous of that. Yeah. There's a scene where Sharon's like, why can't you just be nice to me in this moment? Like my dad almost died, you know, and Angela's like, why do you even need me to be nice to you when everyone else is? Yeah. And I was like, ew, okay. And then they both ugly cry. Well, that's later. For a while. Yeah. Yeah. There was, so Graham is not sleeping. Yeah, he basically has a breakdown. He's really facing his own mortality, mm-hmm. and he's freaking out about it, and it's understandable. I mean, Because we don't know what he saw when he looked into his own eyes. <laughs> but it must have been fucking <gasps> Maybe terrifying. Maybe he's Bob. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, shit. That's a Twin Peaks reference if you're listening to this. Oh, God, now I feel really scared. And they just I'm didn't, really scared right they now. They didn't have the technology to show us that it was actually Bob. Oh, I'm really, mirror. I feel, I'm like, I have to take that back. <laughs> it's not oh, Bob. Oh, wait, I'm looking it up right now. Episode 8 was directed by David Lynch. I hate That's you. That's so weird. I hate you. Stop it. I'm going to have nightmares. No, but really, the mortality thing is legit. Like, I, as we have already said, we are approaching 40 years old ourselves. Roughly. Exactly. We are Literally. Roughly, exactly, literally approaching. I, I mean, forty. So by, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. You know that logical theorem, math equation thing, math rule. Yeah. So, if I, as I stated previously, if I am roughly, exactly, literally, the same age as Graham. Basically, you forgot. Basically, basically. <laughs> and. Graham is roughly, basically, exactly, literally the same age as Andy, Sharon's dad, then I am exactly, literally, roughly, basically the same age as Andy. Uh-huh. Man, I'm just, I'm glad there are no mirrors here for me to look into my own eyeballs. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, This is hitting you know, me kind of hard, and mm, I can't be here right now. I can't do this. No one has ever accused you of being a math genius. Okay, um... So anyway, <laughs> can I say the fucking thing I was trying to say about mortality? I guess so, because you're going to be on your own now forever. Podcast over. Cool. I'm insulted. Don't let the microphone hit you and the balls on your <laughs> journey. No. Anyways, mortality, man. That's yeah. what this is all about, obviously. I mortality. Know. And at our age, you start facing your own mortality. And it's fucking terrifying. I wrote... This. Mortality is scary. I don't like it. I need to exercise. Yes. Because if I don't, I'm going to die. Or have a heart attack. Like Andy Chernsky. And die. 
oh, I don't know what their name, what their last name is, but I do know that uh, the mom's name, Sharon's mom's name is Camille. Yes. Which we really should have known. We because... should have picked up on that. <laughs> That's my mom's name. And we couldn't remember her name in previous episodes. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Cammie. So since Graham's having this breakdown, there's a scene where Danielle opens the fridge and there's nothing edible in there. And Patty thinks she's exaggerating. So she looks in and she's like, oh, there's nothing edible in here. And then later that day, the kids are all home and Graham's upstairs and he can't be disturbed, but they're kind of hungry. And Sharon comes in and she's like, I'm really hungry. Do you guys have any food? And then Brian comes in. Then Brian comes in. So, and then Patty comes in. So there are six six people there. And Patty finally is like, yeah, okay, order pizza. And she pulls out some money after Brian has already offered to pay for everything patty finally comes home she hands angela a little stack of bills and says get a large yeah for six people Uh one large (laughs) pizza but she did say get extra cheese which made me kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit i don't know why i'm just love extra i love cheese but i don't love extra cheese on pizza and i'm thinking about like one large pizza with extra cheese in 1994 in pittsburgh i don't know I was just thinking just, of some Pizza Hut large, nastiness. It, the way she said it was like, get a large as if as if that was like really extravagant. <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like, Patty, what are you doing getting get a large, large pizza? Isn't that a little excessive? What are you, feeding an army? <laughs> yeah. There's six fucking people. But then everything falls apart. After they order the large pizza, Brian orders it. Yeah, because of fucking Kyle. It's supposed to be there in 20 minutes. And then the phone rings. They're in the kitchen. And Brian's standing right next to the phone because he just ordered the pizza. And he inexplicably just answers their fucking phone in their oh, house. Well, they're neighbors. They know each other pretty well. I mean, wait, though. We haven't we haven't said that Brian and Sharon have been hanging out. Like, yeah, hanging out. Like, it looks like they're being really flirtatious and seems like she's into him. And then fucking Kyle. Yeah. So then Kyle calls and Brian's like, oh, it's for you. And Sharon takes the phone and gets really excited and says she'll meet him and they'll go out. And so Brian starts to leave. And then Angela gets really pissed and says, you're just using him, basically. And Sharon says, he's obviously in love with you. How can you accuse me of using him? You do it all the time. And Brian's standing right outside the kitchen listening to all this. Well, yeah, actually, Brian... (laughs) Brian is standing awkwardly by the front door, and I could yeah. not figure out why he was just standing. He was there. standing. He was like leaning against it weirdly. And like, one why point. not? Like, why he did didn't, he not just leave? I think he forgot how to use a door. Like he didn't know what to do. <laughs> he He's was like just, standing with his arms out. He was next just to it. feeling so awkward. He didn't yeah. know what to do. But it was. It was. So Brian leaves. Odd. Sharon goes on a date. Graham storms out super pissed off because he was supposed to have the Rosenfeld meeting and Patty keeps pestering him about it and he's worried about his mortality so he storms off. Well he's like I need to get out of this house. So he leaves and then Patty comes downstairs and says I'm not hungry anymore. So that just leaves Angela and Danielle stuck with a large pizza. Large? What are they going to do with all the leftovers Jen? Pizza's not good after it's 10 o'clock fre- i mean after it's fresh like okay can we shift a little bit to the hospital please <laughs> patty has been staying with camille whose husband had the heart attack 
uh, most of the time in the hospital. Patty's been there for a long time with her. And at one point, I, I think they're kind of delirious. They've been there all night. Graham shows up with a lemon hazelnut tort that he just made. He just whipped up. He, he couldn't sleep. Pulled the night that before. out of his ass. Yeah. And then. Well, I hope not. That's not very sanitary. Whatever. Looked delicious. So. Yeah, it did. But yeah, so Camille, they're kind of giggly. And Camille makes this joke that she's like, see that nurse over there? She thinks it's my fault. She thinks that I gave him a heart attack with my sexual demands. And, and then, then they, they just, just like, ah! Giggle about sexual giggle, demands. Giggle, giggle, giggle. And then... Patty, what, what? What? What would I do? I mean, how would I survive? Camille. Camille, it's okay, honey. You're going to be okay. No, you don't understand. I need him. I'm not like you. What? No, I... Wait, wait, wait. What am I like? I didn't mean that. I just mean I need him. I really need Andy, you know, to live. Patty starts gazing over at Graham. And then she goes and grabs his arm and leads him into a just deserted room in the hospital. I you love know, just how, that extra room yep, in the hospital. Yep, I love how on TV shows that's always a thing there are just empty hospital rooms where people can go and just do it let's immediately find the empty room it will walk into the first one we find it'll be great yeah because there's so many yeah that's Anyways, not realistic so she... is what we're saying we've tried this so many fucking times <laughs> there are no God. Empty rooms. <laughs> oh even when you think it's empty there's always that one old brian's guy in there. hiding behind a tuba jesus yeah, and what the fuck is the tuba doing in there? It's the hospital. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so she grabs his hand, she leads him into this room, they start making out, and and then he stops and he like walks out. But my thought was, is she trying to give him a heart attack yes. with her sexual <laughs> demands? She's trying to kill him. Almost kind of seemed like that. Camille says, I just I need him. I'm not like you. And then Patty's like, oh. Patty realizes, oh, that's my true purpose. I'm a murderer. I could get some insurance money, yes. probably. Get rid of this guy. Yeah. Let's put some sexual demands Murder on him. Murder with sexual demands at the musician's hospital. I hope that one of Frozen Embryo's album titles is Sexual Demands. I just... I don't know. The way Tino's flaking all the time, I don't yeah, know that they're going to put an album out. There might not be any Frozen Embryos, really. I know. It's really... I'm getting worried. Well, we know now that it can't just be Jordan Catalano, because that shit sucked. <laughs> Sharon's outfit in this episode, she was wearing a rust-colored, like, flowery blouse with an argyle sweater vest over the top of it, which was gray and purple. And wow. I was at first like, nope. And then it kind of started working when for you me. Get into it. I have zero memory of that. Yeah. Well, I was really we see different things. Yeah, I was really focused on their clothes. I um, noticed Rayanne's clothes. Rayanne is always on point. Oh, she looked good though. Except for that time where she had no, cornrows. No, 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 that was not okay. Dead shirts. That was that was a bad episode for her. Okay. But this one was good. She had that green jacket on. She looked really cute. Yeah. It was dope. And yeah. she's always got some scarf in her ponytail. I know. I know. I do love Jordan Catalano's jacket. His like corduroy jacket with the sheepskin collar, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's pretty perfect for the time period. I remember I just those love jackets. Jordan Catalano's pretty, pretty face. <laughs> he's so pretty. Remember the scene where he's under the bleachers and yes. he pulls out a smoke. 
This is where and there's like a smoke. slow pan to his pocket as he pulls out a lighter. And mm-hmm. I was like, is it supposed to be a big deal that he's smoking? Oh, but he had the cigarette. He pulled the cigarette out from his ear and his hair so yeah, long so that you couldn't see it at all. It was like... It was like it almost felt like it was supposed to be a big day. reveal. Oh, Jordan smokes cigarettes. Can oh, you believe it? I thought the big reveal that was that he was a magician because mm. he just pulled the cigarette out from behind his ear. Mm-hmm. You couldn't see it there at all. Mm-hmm. Is that all? Yeah. I thought, Jordan's a musician, a magician, and a musician. Are you, do- are you done, and though, with this line snow of comedy? In the future. You know those guys in the mountains? <laughs> ones that make snow. <laughs> now put your face oh. on my face. My face is so pretty. Just put your face on it. No, you see, that would have be been sorry. a better line than what put he your, actually said. Really? Put your face on my face? My face is so pretty? That would have been a better line. At least it's more direct than, you know those guys up in the mountains? No, but it was a romantic moment, Micah. You know those guys? Up in the mountains? What guys? Who makes snow? Like... Like as their job? Yeah. I would really like to do that. Yeah. It's like they're talking about something, but they're not really talking about mm. something as they're like they're really just focused on each other. She's oh, not hearing anything he's saying. Yeah, I see. You did not pick up on that? We see different things. This explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> um Oh, so I know there was oh, one scene you want to talk about. Wait, but he was just that scene where he's smoking. Angela walks up and she's really upset because oh, because yeah. of Sharon's dad and she didn't go to the hospital and she's feeling really shit about shitty about it. And she's actually really worried about Sharon and her dad, but she's doesn't know what to do with it. So she's crying. Oh, and he's like, are you crying or whatever? Yeah. Somebody says, are you crying or something? She's like, I guess. But then they hug, just like the Sharon and Brian hug, and it's nice and it's comforting. You can tell. But then is that his brother that yep, comes over? Yep. Then Shannon shows up. And then Shannon Leto shows up. And and Jordan kind of uh, gets like spooked and kind of jumps back. He's and... like, Oh, that must be rough. And then he walks, and then he just leaves her there. Yeah. Which was a real dick move. Yeah. He's got. So I still don't like him very much. He's got some emotional. So also, I have no stru- structure in the way I think about things so i kind of bounce all over the place but going but that's fun for everyone i know it makes for really <laughs> good podcasting so you're welcome anyway at the beginning of that scene with the cigarette and the crying and the shannon, <laughs> angela, shannon. angela walks up and is like oh so is this where you smoke and then the narration says i'm always doing that i'm always asking questions i already know the answer to that spoke to me and that's when Jordan says, so are you crying or whatever? Right, right. Yes. And we don't have, there... uh, like like you said in the very first, in the pilot, when we did the pilot, you said, I hope the next episode is from Jordan Catalano's perspective. I mean, <laughs> I probably well, the narration would have said something similar. Yeah. Both of them in that scene, like their conversations just, they don't, mm, they don't know not how a whole to, lot they there don't, yet. yeah, they don't, the only real thing they've ever spoken about was his reading issue. And she does talk about that later in the final scene, which I know we'll get to. Um, she talks about connections to different people. And there's a shot with Jared Leto. And she says just, and some people you have this unspoken connection with that you can't really explain. And I'm like, 
Well, I thought it was going to be Sharon, but no. No, yeah. it's they showed Jared Leto, and I'm like, no, there's no connection there. Well, there, it is true happened. that it's unspoken. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's what's called attraction. It's called he's pretty. He's very pretty. It's called lust is what you're feeling, Angela. Yeah. There's, it's not It's not some deep fucking connection. <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah. I'm sorry. It could. It might. But that's not where you're at. Just because you know he can't read does not mean that you understand him at a deeper level. And that's what she thinks. Yeah. I mean, she does under, she knows something about him that not many people know. So that is, at least there is a little bit of intimacy there, but hey, Micah, mm-hmm. how was Rosenfeld? Oh, Rosenfeld? Well, yeah. do you want to hear how Rosenfeld went, actually? Because I have a theory about Rosenfeld. How was your meeting with Rosenfeld? Is it um, Tino? Is, he, is it no. Tino Rosenfeld? Tino Rosenfeld. No, it's they not that good. The same? But no. I think um, Graham does end up closing the deal. That comes out later. And I think the reason is because Rosenfeld is a really big Talking Heads fan and liked the big suit. So it worked out, you know. I mean, it got the show canceled, but it moved the plot along in this one episode. No? That's, Bad theory? That's your theory. I was just really Reaching? struck by the big fucking suit because it looks so <laughs> dumb. And nobody would wear a jacket that large. It's funny that you were, you say we noticed different things, but you were just noticing different clothing than I yes. was. Yes. <laughs> that's true. Um, so just to However, wrap up that, okay. that plot, um, the big suit plot, yes, the big suit plot. Um, no, Graham did close the deal, but he was nervous. He didn't want to tell Patty about it because he realized once he did it, he's like, well, that's what I'm doing now. I'm good at this and I'm, I'm doing this now. And there's been this whole, since the first episode, like, he Angela says he, yeah. he should have been a chef, but he just got into the family business because it was his mom, her mom's business, and so he's realizing that this is what he does now. He's forty, and he this is my life. Is just gonna sell paper um, or printing, as he says. So that's when Patty fires him, mm-hmm. and they have this moment where he hugs her, and she says, "Like, I guess you're gonna figure out what you're gonna do now." I really appreciated that part, actually. I mean, the firing, the whole thing was a little much. But I'm going to let you guys in on a little, little known secret, which is that I'm turning 40 in two months. You're roughly exactly basically from today. the same age as Patty. Basically, yeah. And um, I appreciate that he's doing something new at age 40 because I think as a young person, I had this idea that your life was sort of fixed at a certain point. You know, like you stop growing or learning or doing new things and it and it's so not the case and i i mean we just started this fucking podcast it's called i never saw that yeah you guys should listen to it check it out yeah i don't know i just i feel like i'm in a similar place in a way like i'm i'm doing new and different things that i wasn't able to do for whatever reason before and it's it's exciting so getting older it's not all just mortality and wrinkles it's like exciting because you're more sure of yourself i think so i am kind of excited to see if graham becomes a a chef or something yeah and if it makes him like a happier character and a better person person. yeah maybe he'll care about his 
younger daughter. No, that's not going to happen. He just wanted her to be a boy. That's the thing. I'm waiting for them to actually write her off the show. Like, she's just going to disappear with no... No, she's a character. No explanation. A few episodes. I realized at the end of this episode what I didn't like so much about this episode, and that's be- that is that there was hardly any Ricky or Rayanne, especially yeah. Ricky. And then, of course, Ricky shows up at the end. They both show up at the end looking fan-fucking-tastic, both <laughs> of them. And he has, like, the most brilliant line. On and, oh, yeah. So you're friends with Sharon now? Well, so you are, right? Look. We all know what's going on around here, okay? Which is that you are jealous. What? <laughs> and you, you are totally flipped because Rayanne finally did something nice for once in her life. Hey. Which she did by taking Sharon to go visit her dad. And now both of you just want to be sure that you both still are friends, which you are. So shut up. I have two more yeah, things I, have, I want to talk about real quick. What, what are your two? So they do return to Sharon's room near the end of the episode. Because um, she's back at home. Yeah, Sharon goes home, and Andy's going to be fine. The angioplasty went well. And Angela comes over to, I don't know, bring her something that she left at her house or something. And, and Angela finally says, I'm glad your dad's okay. And that's when Sharon gets kind of pissed. So they go through the whole thing where she's she's like, you were mean to me throughout this she whole said, thing. My dad almost died. She said, even strangers are coming up to me and expressing concern. Like, everybody has been nice to me. You are the only person who acted like you didn't care at all. And Angela and says that... Angela's like, I wanted to talk to you too, yeah. but I didn't know how and i i thought that i was the last person in the world that you wanted to deal with so and sharon's like you were the only person in the world i want to deal with and let me tell you here came the waterworks again it was a good scene they both they both ugly cried for a while and admitted oh yeah that everything claire danes's ugly face honest. ugly cry face i mean was uh in full effect yeah they were both actually honest with each other about what they were feeling it and, was yeah i cry i mean that was a real waterworks scene for me it was very, very sweet. And it ends with Angela putting her hand. Right. Out they kind saying, of recreate. Oh, because. because yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Sharon says, I wanted you. You were the only person I wanted to talk to. I miss you. I know we're not friends anymore, but it Sometimes hurts. I miss you so much that it hurts. Yeah. yeah. And then Angela's like, squeeze my hand as much as it hurts. And I, it was almost a little too much for me, but it was, I don't know. I was already crying, so. And at the very beginning of that scene, Walkmans. Yes, Sharon's. Sharon listening had to a Walkmans, walk but she wouldn't say the band. It was funny. No. She was like, uh, "Angela's like, what are you listening to?" She's like, "A group you probably hate." And then that was it. I wonder what it was. Yeah, that was a very very sweet scene, and it it actually did. It was a little. It was heartbreaking. It really, because then at the very end of the episode, you see them again, and they're just with their other friends, and it's like they do smile at each other in the hallway, and who knows where that relationship is going? But it almost felt like. Like okay, we we're we're gonna just secretly still love each other because we're not allowed to interact at school because yeah. we're members of these different groups and it's really stupid. Except all of those people are becoming friends with Ryan and Ricky now. Like Sharon and Ryan are starting. They've had a couple. All episodes, of those people, meaning and Sharon and Brian. Yeah, and Brian and Ricky have started having a couple episodes where they interact more. Mm-hmm. Another very sweet scene happened between Angela and Brian where. For some reason, he's... Well, she's coming home from Sharon's. Yeah. 
And he's outside in the dark working on his bike. Yep, just in the little grass strip next to the sidewalk. Yeah, right by the Got street. Got his bike upside down and a wrench and just playing with the chain. That's <laughs> weird. Uh, but anyway, Angela comes up and she's like, yeah, I was at Sharon's. I was there for a long time. He's like, is there something about this you think I should care about? And she's like, well, you two are friends. He's like, no, we're not friends. It was just... She needed me. I mean, not me, but somebody. Anybody. And I just happened to be there, and we just... So, we just, like, hung out. Or whatever. I mean, it could have been anyone. doesn't work with just anyone. I mean, some people... I mean, I think she needed you. Why? Because of certain ways that you are. Which was just so sweet. And he does say, it seems like you've put a lot of thought into this. And she laughs and says, oh, Brian, go inflate your tire. Uh, More like deflate your boner. Oh. Am I right? Was that a good one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we went into the final montage of the episode. Where Jordan Catalano is leaning sexily against his locker, which is all he does. Yeah, pretty much. At school. I think that's what he does when he's not getting his Walkman taken away. But there's a... My Walkman. Or, or getting messages from Tino through other people about Frozen Embryo's rehearsal. Uh, there's a great quote at the end, though, about people who have known you forever, and that made me cry a little bit, too. There's the people who you've known forever who know you in this way that other people can't because they've seen you change. They've let you change. It made me think about one friend of mine in particular. You know who you are if you're listening, Marina. We've known each other for our entire lives. And, you know, when you know someone that long, you just know, you know all these different stages of them, which means that you know at the core who they are, you know, because that core kind of remains the same, I think. Yeah. But Angela talks about, you know, like allowing each other to change. Yeah, I think that part really relates well to what kind of something we haven't talked about at all this episode, but how your relationships with people, people changed after Montana or mm. while you were in Montana, mm-hmm. um, because you had a lot of, you had these same archetypal friendships, like the guy that lived across the street or the girl that you were friends with forever, or, you know, everybody has those friendships, people some they knew version, when they were yeah. really young. Yeah. And then you go through these changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a whole, there's a whole world to explore there. I mean, for one thing, when I left, one of the things that they made me do, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, just kind of as a passing joke that I was putting rocks in a backpack, but I had to put rocks in a backpack and carry them around for like five months at one point. And each rock was supposed to represent something that I was hanging on to that was weighing me down that I couldn't let go of. And friends, old friends was one of them. And I've been so pissed off so many times since then because what I had to do to get, so I had to do different things to get rid of each rock. 
And to get rid of that one, I had to write letters to friends of mine and say, I can't be your friend anymore. I mean, because they made me do that. And so that obviously changed my relationships with those people. And yeah, and then I've wondered too how that whole experience has affected my just all my friendships. Anyway, there's a lot to explore there. But if I can just be vulnerable for a second, this <laughs> this podcast is really wonderful. I'm having a great time with it, but uh, it's also bringing up a lot of kind of painful stuff. So we might we might delve into that a little bit, but we'll try to stay on the lighthearted, the more lighthearted side. We'd also like to do a question and answer episode just about Montana at some point down the line. If you have questions, you can start sending them now. You can email us or uh, leave us a voicemail. It's 206-395-5589. Email us or leave voicemails about anything you want, actually. Uh, feedback or ideas, anything that we've made you think about. Yeah, and I have an idea questions for a giveaway, actually, right now. So a giveaway right now. Write this down. Me? Um, Who write this down? Them no, or me? Not you. No, not you. Well, why, why would you to, write it down? Why would they have to write anything down? They have to think about it and come back to it and send in their best answer. <laughs> we have obviously not talked about so this. So you can together. call us, or you can get in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter. Or through our website, there's a contact page there, or you can email info at I never saw that.com. Also, join our Facebook group, please. Yes. And the question is I want to hear what you think Sharon was listening to on her Walkmans, some group that Angela Ooh. hates. Ooh, I have, a, I have so a guess already. The best answer will win a special secret surprise. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Okay, and you can submit your answers to us, yeah, by all those methods that Micah just said, but yeah, email and voicemail would probably be the best ones. So that's it for My So-Called Life, episodes seven and eight. And next episode, we're going to be talking about My So-Called Life, episodes nine and ten. Mm, hot damn, we'll officially be more than halfway done at yeah. that point. Okay, is that it? Yeah, I think so. Thank okay. you so much for listening again. If you enjoy I Never Saw That, please tell your friends. Review us on iTunes. Join our Facebook group. We are on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Mm -hmm. At Never Saw That Pod. We're on Instagram at I Never Saw That. Um, we would like to thank Minus Violet for our theme music. Thanks to Graham McRae for our artwork. Thank you to Fifi Folios for our website and all of that stuff, go to our website, I never saw that.com. We've got links there and lots of fun stuff. We also have a Patreon now. Oh, yeah, that's brand new. Anyway, if you'd like to support us financially, you can do that for as little as $2 a month. That will help us keep this show going. There will be links from our website, and you get sweet shit if you... You get sweet rewards is what yeah. they're called, so... I call them sweet shit. We that already is mentioned... uh, patreon.com slash I never saw that. So yeah. So check that out, please. Until next time. See you in the 90s. <laughs>